in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So our guest this week is Alejandro Rojas of Open Minds. And we were mentioning the fact that although we're communicating with Skype and our voices are going into the cloud and returning back to Earth or whatever is left of Earth, the fact of the matter is that Alejandro and I are about eight miles apart. It boggles the mind, the wasted distance. Well, last time we we were all on together, didn't you guys say you were going to get together for lunch or something? Did you guys manage to do that or we just skip to the next show? We did not. So, is it? I, I didn't hear if I was introduced. I can go ahead and talk. You oh, are yeah, allowed you to talk, talk Alejandro. Talk I give away. you permission. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. I was waiting for <laughs> you. Don't intro. need permission. Yeah, we never did. I have been just way over my head in stuff to do and write. I'm always behind in, in writing articles. And, and so, no, we have not gotten together. I have just kept my uh, nose to the grindstone. In fact, it's been some time in, in scheduling this. We've been trying to do this for a while, and it, it's taken some time. Well, yeah, you're really into the open minds thing. Plus, you do lectures and you go to conferences. You know, tell us what all of the stuff it is that you're working on. Are you writing any books or anything like that? Actually, I am working on a book. I also write for Den of Geek and I do a story or two a week for them. Um, right now I'm doing reviews on Project Blue Book and I'm working right now on a review. I'm going to be doing their reviews for the Orville episodes. I love that show. So that's going to be a lot of fun, although I'm going to be totally biased because I, I really enjoy the show. But um yeah, so I'm writing those pieces. And then the Congress, of course, is keeping me really busy, not just organizing the conference, which there's a lot that goes into that behind the scenes, even though people don't see much. But it's also we're building a store. So we've got a, a bunch of products on our UFO Congress store. We're going around to different events to kind of sell those and, and tell people about the conference. So, yeah, we've been all over the place. This store, this is going to be something online? Yes, it's There's not going to be a physical online. store in Tempe or something. No, not currently a retail location, but actually we have been looking into that to kind of have a headquarters. But no, this is uh, online. Uh, it's a UFO Congress store. And then, of course, we take those products to different events. So, for instance, what's the next one? Oh, we're going to be at Conscious Life Expo in L.A. weekend after next. And then other events, I can't even remember all of them. I know we'll be at Alien Con where I'll be speaking and we uh, be selling our products there. We usually sell out pretty quickly. So yeah, keep them busy, but it's all fun spreading the word. By the way, folks, we've mentioned this before. I have a store. It's called the Tech Night Owl Live Store. It's more about tech accessories like earphones, laptop cases for Mac products, iPhone cases, things like that. And we've got iPhone cases clad in wood, would you believe? Awesome. What is it called again? It's the Tech Night Owl store. If you go to technightowl.store, technightowl.store to check it out. And we're going to have a Paracast store, by the way, soon. It's going to have custom Paracast merchandise. But I wanted to mention the other one because everybody has something or need something that's available there. And that's courtesy of our friend Andrews, who's our marketing guy and webmaster. 
He's doing all sorts of miracle things out there. So I wanted to mention, it's not like a commercial. It's a piece of information. In any case here, I was thinking with inviting Alejandro here, what we might have him talk about. And I read this article in a, several newspapers talking about a guy from Israel name of Avi Loeb. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. So Avi Loeb is the head astronomer at Harvard. Now, when you say Harvard astronomer, you think of Dr. Donald Menzel many thousands of years ago where he'd draw pictures of aliens, but he was totally against flying saucers and the possibility that aliens are here. Now, Loeb is the head astronomer, like I said, and you can tell us more, Alejandro, but he believes there's some kind of object in our solar system that is artificial by an intelligence from outer space. So we had this thing come through the solar system. It's the first extrasolar object to come into our solar system and then kind of circle the sun and go away. Now, we have this happen sometimes when we talk about asteroids or comets that come near us closer to the sun. And sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of scare. It might come close to the planet. Then they usually come close to the sun. The sun's gravity pulls them around and they slingshot out into space. But all the objects we've seen thus far are just in an orbit around the sun. Some of these are huge orbits where it takes many, many years uh, for them to come back. Maybe not even in our lifetimes will we see it again. But this object is not in an orbit around our sun. This is something that came from elsewhere, circled around the sun, you know, pulled by the gravity and then and left. But the mystery is the speed and the makeup of this object. It, it doesn't move in the way that they understand necessarily what it is. So a paper was written up in Mr. Avi Loeb and extremely well, as you can imagine, from someone who runs astronomy at Harvard, but a very respected astronomer. He suggested this thing might be alien and that hit the news. And, you know, we were hearing about this all the time. Uh, he suggested that this object seems not to be like the picture, more potato shaped, but much thinner, perhaps even a millimeter. And he speculated it could be what's called a solar sail. Incidentally, he's working with a Russian billionaire, Yuri Milner, to create these little solar sail spaceships to send to the nearest uh, solar system for humans to kind of gather information. And this is something they're really working on. It's called the Breakthrough Initiative. Stephen Hawking was backing it along with other scientists. And now, you know, Avi Loeb is working on that. And he thinks this object that came through could be that because it was moving faster from the sun than it should if it was a typical rock formation, which most scientists believe it to be. So he's speculating, because there isn't necessarily evidence, that this could be a solar sail, which is essentially, you've seen this actually in Star Trek, they've talked about it, where the sun pushes this sail, and it's really the heat and radiation from the sun that is propelling this object through space. He believes it could have been part of a spacecraft from an extraterrestrial civilization, or maybe the whole thing that it's coming around to kind of monitor our solar system, like what we're going to do with these solar sails through the Breakthrough Initiative. So yeah, much to the consternation of his colleagues, he's been pushing this and continues to push this idea to this day that this is possible. Some of them are saying, oh, this is absolutely ridiculous. Some of them are saying, you know, well, he's probably just kind of being like that kind of Socratic professor who puts forth 
ideas that are kind of bonkers to make us think and to challenge us. But no, he says, you know, he has this thing called cosmic modesty. And essentially, we've heard this before. A lot of people kind of talk about this idea, but he's put a name to it. This idea that we would be completely arrogant and we are arrogant to assume that we're alone in the universe or that we're particularly special as a species. So very interesting fella. And it's exciting because he's one of actually several scientists recently who have been going to the alien kind of answer. They've been pulling a Giorgio Sukalos and saying, hey, it might be aliens. Or actually, I guess he says it is aliens, but at least they're suggesting that uh, cosmic mysteries may have an extraterrestrial origins, which is not something that we've seen, you know, in the past. Scientists have stayed away from that sort of speculation. Maybe that's the first step. Some people say it's the first step towards possible disclosure, although I'm not really a disclosure advocate. They also talk about gradual disclosure where we become accustomed to the possibility that there are aliens out there, the real thing, and that you know, some of them may be far more advanced than we are. Alejandro Rojas of OpenMinds.tv. Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's Donated Dental Services Program to C1, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Alejandro Rojas talking about Avi Loeb, head astronomer at Harvard, or Havid, and he is the guy who I just insulted people from New England. And I lived in New England for a while, so forgive me. I was just being ridiculous or foaming at the mouth here at my age. Seriously, we're talking about somebody here who thinks there's an object designed by intelligent beings. Now, I'm just kind of curious here. A sail in outer space, how does it drive? How does it move? We don't have wind in space. We do, actually. And they're called solar winds. And that's essentially what they're they're sailing off of. I think that the easiest way to think of it is, you know, there's those little devices that you see in some windowsills and you see them on science uh, sites. In fact, Bob Lazar's Nuclear United sells these where there's that little glass ball and you see the white and the black um, panels inside and this thing's moving. It's spinning all by itself. Well, how's it doing that? The sun is heating one side. Since that side's bigger, it causes this uh, this spin inside of there. So it's kind of a similar uh, idea. What I mentioned before, that breakthrough project where they're creating these solar cells, what they want to do there is actually shoot lasers from the Earth, powerful lasers at these sails that push them along because we want to direct them in a different direction than you know away from the sun. That's what they want to do, shoot lasers 
that warm up one side and propel these things. And since space is a vacuum, you know, as they get go faster and faster and faster and faster, they've calculated, you know, how long they have to shoot these lasers at these things until they can move at these extreme speeds all on their own. And they're figuring on kind of blitzing the closest solar system by uh, creating hundreds, if not thousands of these things, because they figure a lot of them won't make it so that they get as many there as possible. Yeah, I've been following this thing since I first heard about it. It's really quite interesting. It's, uh, I'm assuming we're talking about the asteroid Oumuamua that was discovered back in 2017. Exactly. Oumuamua. It's a great name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and I remember seeing uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on the Colbert show. Even then they were saying, well, this thing could be. What if it is something actually alien? something technological and tyson he was saying well we know it's just an asteroid because it hasn't changed its direction from any of the natural laws of gravitation and so colbert he takes his pen and he throws it up in the air and it comes down on his desk and he says yes but that just did the same thing here with the pen but it was set in motion by a thinking being and the crowd just went yay Tyson just kind of smirked because it's entirely possible that it was something that was sent from some other civilization. But until recently, they had no sufficient reason to think so because it was just behaving like an unpowered object would. Since then, they've discovered that it's actually accelerating out of our solar system, which is completely not what they expected. Right. Now, they do say, and people like Tyson and other scientists, that is possible that that the makeup of whatever this thing is could be the reason it's moving faster than we would expect it to. And that's completely possible. It came in so quickly, we weren't really prepared. Nobody thought it was necessarily that strange. Uh, of course, to put together a program to send a craft to connect with this thing, you know, with the bureaucracy and everything, it takes a very long time. So there was no time to kind of create a project. And as it spun around and started moving away, and especially as Avi Loeb's theory started getting very popular with the media, at least, I, I think a lot of people regretted that we didn't prepare better. So we could land something on there to retrieve a sample from it, to figure it out, because it's moving so quickly and going so far away that. There's no way we would be able to build anything to catch up with it, to figure it out. So we're just never going to know. It's entirely possible that it's uh, made up of some sort of material that would, you know, we'd be able to learn from, but naturally made. But of course, as you suggested, it's possible that it's not naturally made. That would be kind of an incredible situation that we just had this extraterrestrial probe or something come through our solar system, uh, come and go, and we'll just never know what it is. Now, I assume it's not traveling at anything near the speed of light here. So it would be something that would take years, decades, centuries to arrive here from the home planet. It might even be the civilization that sent it out isn't there anymore. That's entirely possible as well. Well, It could be robotic, you know, automated or something. They say it it came in to our solar system at around 315,000 kilometers an hour. Wow. so, which is pretty fast. Like, there's nothing that we've ever made that's going that fast. So, but by interstellar 
distances to speed that speed is actually pretty still pretty slow i mean it it would take 300,000 years for it to get to lyra which is the path that it sort of was seemed to be following but if you're an automated system maybe it doesn't really matter not much happens uh, out in space or in a vacuum and unless you get hit by another asteroid or some intense sort of radiation from some source like a star you you're not going to deteriorate much. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's another possibility. You know, in fact, SETI is an organization. Really, SETI is an acronym, actually, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. But there's a SETI Institute. And often when people talk about SETI, they think of the SETI Institute created by Jill Tarter. Um, Frank Drake was involved. And of course, Seth Shostak is a popular character who's a lead scientist with them. But they had a presentation at a uh, event they had this summer where one of the scientists presented that, hey, you know, we keep talking about how it's not possible that we've been visited, but it is possible. We don't know. And we need to take the mystery, these mysteries uh, seriously. It's, it's completely possible. If we're out here telling people that there's got to be intelligent civilizations out there, then why couldn't they have visited us? Of course, a lot of you are saying, he says, you know, that uh, the physical body, it's not possible for them to uh, take the sort of conditions it would take for some craft to get here. But what if they're not physical? What if uh, they are sending probes or robotic probes here? Or, uh, and some of these are just taking a very, 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 very long time to get here, but that when they get here, they're automated and they retrieve data and send it back. Or what if they're robotic? What if he says, what if they're like robots who are sentient beings now and their bodies are not affected the same ways ours are? And uh, that created a big stir. And actually, that scientist, uh, Cosmo, I can't remember the way you pronounce his name right now, but he got really embarrassed. The UK tabloids especially twisted it to say, SETI scientists said aliens are here, which is not what he said at all. He was just saying that. We need to research these mysteries when that is a potential. We can't keep laughing at UFO uh, sightings and, and these situations. Uh, but he said, you know, we need to look for it. Not that we know yet whether or not that's the case. Let's do our break. Kind of Guys, away. break time. Let's do our break. Okay. We'll take a break. We'll have Alejandro and Randall and Jean. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Detoxify, lose weight, and restore balance to your body by simply drinking tea. Surprised? Dr. Miller's Holy Tea can help you feel better and even lose weight because Holy Tea is a unique herbal tea blend of all natural ingredients specially formulated by Dr. Bill Miller. Call this number, 888-660-7039 or click drmillersclinic.com. Take the first step toward better health. Drink tea from Dr. Miller's Clinic. 
Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Wendy King. A second woman is claiming Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax sexually assaulted her, but this time she said it was rape. USA Radio Network's Tim Berg has more on the story. A second woman has accused Virginia's Lieutenant Governor Democrat Justin Fairfax of sexual assault. The woman says through her attorney that Fairfax raped her when they were students at Duke back in 2000. Former Republican Governor of Louisiana Bobby Jindal tells Fox News these women, they have to be heard from. Clearly they need to be heard. The New York Times is now saying there were contemporary uh, conversations from the first uh, 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 woman making accusations that are consistent with what she is saying now. So this looks credible. They they, they need to be heard and if they want to be heard, they need to be heard. Fairfax is labeling the allegations as demonstratively false. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. You're listening to USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800 854 I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice. And it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website, sunshinepillows.com. Or call us, 253-678-1361. Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Alejandro Rojas of OpenMinds.tv, we are exploring 
weather we're being visited out there. Go ahead, please. Okay, so this Oumuamua is still the first that we know of or that we've detected interstellar object that we've been able to track and watch come into our system and exit out again. From some of the articles I was reading, the solar sail theory just doesn't add up with the physics. They say that if there were solar sails involved, we would be able to see them because they'd have to be so large given the mass of the object. And the mass, of course, can be calculated with pretty great accuracy just by the trajectory of the object as it was coming in. So some other people said, well, maybe it's some sort of outgassing from inside it. It's got some natural, who knows, maybe water or something inside that was heated by the sun and the sun's reflecting off it. And it's so it's pushing it out the end, kind of like a rocket engine. And that's what's causing this acceleration. But in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, what's the likelihood of a natural object like that actually having some sort of natural propulsion system built into it? It seems like a real reach and that the scientists are going way out of their way to not suggest that, well, the other logical solution is that it is an alien craft with a propulsion system. And this goes back to what I was saying about uh, DeGrasse Tyson. He was saying, well, there's no evidence that it was changing direction or that it was powered. Well, now there is. So, you know, they just move the goalposts and come up with this idea that, well, maybe there's some natural propulsion system on it. Well, <laughs> this, this is getting more interesting to me all the time. Well, it is possible, we, and, and that is what happened. So, for instance, with a comet, comets are made of ice. The reason they have a tail, and they're, they change, actually, in shape when they get close to the sun. When they're out in the depths of space, it's cold, so they're frozen. When they get closer and closer to the sun, they melt, and then all of that debris falls off of it and trails behind it, and that's how they get the trail Uh, as they go around the sun, and then they freeze again as they go back out. And so it is possible that if this thing did have something trapped inside of it that would evaporate as it got closer to the sun, that could, you know, push out of it um, like a pop bottle, you know, where the the water's gushing out of it. So that is feasible, but they didn't see anything like that. So they didn't see any evidence of anything gushing out of it. However, on the flip side, when they said, oh, we would see these sails, they're kind of misunderstanding what Avi Loeb is saying because he's saying, no, this thing is a sail. The entire thing is a sail. We know that it's long and it's skinny, but we don't know how skinny. He's saying he thinks this thing is only a millimeter wide, that it's not like a giant potato, but more like a giant sail, that this whole thing was a sail. That's his answer to that, is that you don't see sails coming off of it because it is the sail. Yeah, it would have to be something alien if that was the case. I mean, otherwise, it simply wouldn't hold together because it's so elongated and it's spinning. So if this you know, wasn't a sail, the only other thing it could be is some sort of really loose cometary type dust. And if it was spinning like that, it, there's no reason to think that it, the actual inertia from the particles wouldn't just spread it all out and dissipate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really interesting object for sure. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's arguing that the makeup of this thing is different than what we've seen before. And uh, that's what makes it extreme, really fascinating, is that uh, certainly there would have been something to learn 
by uh, retrieving a piece of it, but that's just not possible. One thing we consider here, if this is the real thing somehow attached to a larger object, if ET were coming here from obviously another star system where it'd take years, decades, centuries, they would probably build a city in space. And we've seen that in sci-fi. In fact, they tried to have one of those shows, and I don't think it lasted beyond the pilot, but there have been sci-fi stories about it. That's why you basically have multiple generations live on the starship, and the generation maybe three or four or five or ten generations, hence, they land on their destination. But, of course, the big drama here is that how do you keep a civilization intact in close quarters for multiple generations? Or maybe E.T. is better than us. Just pointing that out. You know, I'm not sure when it comes to abductions or when it comes to people who believe they've been abducted and have been given information from these different civilizations. The hard thing for me is that no two stories, rarely are two stories exactly the same. Sometimes they're similar, but essentially when they're saying where we come from, the nature of why we're here, the motivations of the different uh, others that are here, there's so many different stories and they can't all be true. But some of the stories are pretty interesting. There is one I heard from a lady and she seemed very credible to me. She's someone that, you know, I had interviewed. And she said when she was was on this taken on this craft that was very large and she was taken into this room and to meet all of these different beings. And she was like, well, where do you live? And they're like, what do you mean? And she said, uh, well, I'm from Earth. Where are you from? And they said, well, we live here. And she said, that's weird. You live on this giant craft in space. And they said, yeah, we think it's weird. You live on a planet where, you know, you have all of the, the weather and asteroids and anything can happen where here we're much more safe which is kind of an interesting idea well you know at least at least here it creates the climate of acceptance okay they're out there maybe they're here now it doesn't mean that's the answer to the ufo mystery but it couldn't have been worked out better right you mean as far as that the scientists are now suggesting it Exactly, and it makes the public more accepting. It does, how, and I think that of how the things work. Well, we had in the news prior to that this Tabby Star, which is essentially one of the stars that Kepler was looking at, and Kepler looks for the dimming of of stars to tell if a planet's going in front of it to see if it has a planet around it. And Tabby Star is one that's out there that has these odd signatures, this odd dimming. And so here again. The scientists who examine this, one of the things they theorize it could possibly do to is some sort of technology from an advanced civilization in the area. So here again, we had scientists uh, suggesting that. That made a lot of news. It's kind of accepted that it could be dust clouds around the planet, but nobody knows for sure uh, why it's doing what it's doing out there. In fact, uh, when one scientist uh, who... Uh, actually has done work in the UFO field, suggested that it was a dust cloud, even wrote a paper, says Shostak of SETI, surprisingly, uh, came and said, no, no, I don't think so. We still don't know if it's extraterrestrial or not. He was kind of arguing that it was ET, which is kind of rare. Usually he's kind of debunking UFO stories. But that, along with this idea that, you know, the Pentagon had researched UFOs and um, these new stories that continue to come out 
related to the DOD project uh, really has created this environment we've never been in, at least certainly not during my lifetime. And I don't think during many, I mean, maybe early on in Project Blue Book, you had this environment where many scientists and people in the government were very pro-UFO and or pro-extraterrestrial uh, civilizations and p potential visitation. And we kind of have that going on right now to a degree we've never had before. Yeah, you're quite right. Like back in the early days, people were actually comparatively open-minded. And mm -hmm. then, of course, the Robertson panel came along and the Condon report. And those both caused the big, what they call the Great Divide. So there was a big division and it became official policy to ridicule people on about their UFO sightings, which and which has carried on since then until more recently with this whole uh, Nimitz tic tac to the Stars Academy and and the article in the in the New York Times. We got more to come with Alejandro Rojas, with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264. 800-213-9264. 800-213-9264. Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264. Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55. But with treatment, it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information. Or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. You see, Alejandro adopts his announcer voice. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Anyway, this is a, all a fascinating thing, and the thing I wanted to point out, and didn't have time in the last segment, is that all this is happening regardless of the efforts of disclosure advocates, because they've been at it since the 50s in Major Donald Kehoe. They've done nothing. This is part of something that, if it's part of a program, is being done by our government. Again, not because we've demanded it or any of the people who are into disclosure have demanded it. It's the circumstances, or maybe they know something about ET they have to reveal to us. I think you make an excellent point right there. And I think that personally, I've never felt, you know, banging at the door of the White House is going to be effective. And it hasn't at all. What I think would is, is the route that we can go is just to share information. Now, I think everybody has something interesting to share. I don't disparage uh, anyone who's out there sharing information. I have just focused on and with open minds, we've focused on more of kind of a journalistic sort of approach to kind of, you know, get out there to try to present the information to journalists, to scientists in a way that is more digestible to them. Uh, so that uh, to kind of help grease the wheels in our mind uh, to get more information out to the public and to make people feel comfortable uh, without the giggle factor, that there's plenty of very, very credible information that they can be comfortable 
to share with their coworkers at at the uh, water cooler, you know, talking about some of 1952, Washington, D.C., or talking about the Rendlesham Forest, or even Travis Walton, some very credible cases that have a lot of research behind them. And I think that's much more effective. And what's happening here is that, you know, we as the public need to move forward. We don't need to rely or wait on politicians to do something or the government. In fact, that's typically not how it works. The government moves when you have a mass of people who want them to. In particular with politicians, you need a mass of voters to want them to do something. And I think this, uh, with Lou Elizondo coming out and talking about looking into UFO cases while he was with the DOD, he was frustrated. That's why he left, because it wasn't being taken seriously enough. Now that he's got all this public attention, these committees, uh, as we've heard, you know, with like some of uh, this information that's come out, that these subcommittees in Congress have been asking some of these witnesses related to the 2004 Nimitz incident, these jet pilots who chased these UFOs to come and talk to them about it. So now the Congress, at least at that level, they're starting to listen. And it's from, you know, this push from the public. Project Blue Book, that's how it worked. In 1952, they wanted to close the whole UFO thing before even starting Project Blue Book. If you read uh, Edward Ruppelt's book, the guy who uh, was in charge of Project Blue Book, but it was this Time Life magazine article, uh, these other incidents that got the public interested. And they said, no, you have not given us answers. We need more answers. So Ruppelt said, we need a better to do a better job giving the public answers. And they said, OK, you run the project. You go ahead and do it. And then we had Project Blue Book, the third project to investigate UFOs. So I agree with you 100 percent. This disclosure kind of banging at the door of the White House is. I don't see that it has really done a lot. It's gotten some publicity, but often that publicity is ridicule, but it hasn't moved the needle as much as some of the more compelling stuff out there in the public. That is so true. And that is such a great attitude, Alejandro. I've been trying to make the same point for, well, pretty much uh, at least about the last 15 years (laughs) in ufology, because for us, we have done the the research. We've educated ourselves to the point where we know just like Heineck came to the same conclusion, then he started off pretty skeptical that people are having genuine experiences of something that is truly alien, whether it's extraterrestrial or what, we're still not sure. We don't have enough proof. It seems to be the most reasonable explanation, but something is going on. And therefore, why do we really need validation from the government if we need to get out there ourselves and figure it out? And then, as you say, once enough people start doing that and making enough headway, well, then maybe something you know, will fall out of the tree. And another aspect also that I think especially disclosure advocates miss is how to present people or this information to be effective. Uh, you know, you can't uh, go and to them and say, bring someone on who is going to talk about this major, the, the Ashtar command is here or something or, <laughs> right. you know, you yeah. know, you need like the Nimitz case, military witnesses who say, hey, you know what I chased in the sky with my multi-million dollar jet that you put me in charge of and trusted me to command. 
And, you know, I got accommodations for doing a very good job at it while I did that. I chased these things. I saw it with my own eyes. This is not something that is human technology. That is much more effective. And that uh, we've, it has been proven lately. And uh, I think, I mean, we get indications from, from various people uh, that these various subcommittee meetings that have been happening are, we're going to hear something from it. Now, is it going to be something we can necessarily trust? You know, if it's another blue book, is that really going to move the needle much, especially if it's very political and, and PR oriented? Maybe not. But I think that university studies or other funds or resources putting towards this sort of study may, for instance, if, you know, Bigelow or some other of his colleagues decide, hey, let's put some big money towards this again. Or if, let's say, I don't know, not everybody trusts to the stars. So maybe that wouldn't be the organization. But maybe if they got an ingest of, of some major money to do more research. Either no, it's way, hard to say, you know, yeah. exactly who would do the best job. You mentioned Yuri Milner, uh, and that was a, he's an interesting character. Mm -hmm. uh, he was actually involved, you know, going back to the Amuamua uh, story, is that back when it was coming around the sun, he actually paid to have the Green Bank uh, radio telescope dish listen for radio signals from it. Like higher... Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's really interested in the subject and has a lot of money. I mean, I'd love for him to, you know, knock on my door and <laughs> say, hey, you know, what can we do to set you up? But you yourself, you're doing a, fant a fantastic job with the Open Minds TV. You've been at it for years. You've been dogged. Uh, you know, I'd say you've got to be one of the A-list people out there in the ufology uh, conference circuit and so on. So it's really great to have people like yourself out there who are making these kinds of cases and saying, Hey people, you know, it's time that we can take this seriously. Pilots like David Fravor, very, very credible. Uh, anyone who ridiculed him, I, I would think they would just have to be so biased that all they can do is just contradict like <laughs> Seth Shostak. Like you mentioned, I think he just contradicts anything that, anyone who's pro ufology says, even if they agree with them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. That was really nice of you to say, thank you very much for that. But um, I agree with you too. And it, it's one of the, I'm a big fan of Shostak's. If you ever hear him talk, there's no way you can leave one of his talks and think we're alone. I mean, he's amazing. He's witty. He's a lot of fun. Uh, but I get frustrated. In fact, it, one of my talks, is about astronomers and UFOs. And I, t I started off about Seth Shostak and he's so great. But what inspired, and he's the one who inspired me to do this talk because of something really stupid that he said, and, which was completely <laughs> wrong. And it was when I asked him, when, you know, I, I, first time I got to engage him and he said, well, you know, if UFOs were really a thing, astronomers would be uh, seeing UFOs. And so this talk I have, uh, for an hour, I go over astronomers not only saw UFOs, astronomers such as J. Allen Hynek are the ones who started civilian UFO research. Uh, it, it, it was started by astronomers. So he's, what's frustrating, though, especially when he debates people like Sam Friedman, he's debated a few times, he never does his research. 
Stanton has asked him for years. He said, well, what, where's this information? And he said, you can read it here. You can read it there. Um, I referenced Peter Sturek. I asked him, have you read his book? Uh, who wrote about, you know, this, this inventory he did with astronomers and UFOs. No, he hasn't read that book. So he hasn't educated. It's almost like he's refusing to educate himself on the topic. Yet he speaks so authoritatively that, you know, none of this can be true without educating himself. It's really frustrating. Before we are further frustrated, we have to break. Gene Randall Alejandro, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called instantly ageless yeah instantly you could see a difference even the cameraman were like wow look at the difference yeah I mean, but i would definitely use this product this product within minutes of applying it it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation try instantly ageless today at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You have to think like some of these people who are the house critics... They don't think the subject is worth exploring, which is why they just say these things offhanded. It's not worth investigation. It's nonsense. That's part of it. House critic. I love that. That's exactly, (laughs) you couldn't describe it better, Gene. That's perfect. Why, thank you very much. That was a good one. And and Heineck was a house critic. In fact, he wrote uh, something, and and I have used it recently because of course I've been writing a lot about him with Project Blue Book, the television show. 
And essentially, my reviews are the first part are about the episode. The second part is about the, the beginning of the season, the real cases in the real Project Blue Book files that now it's beginning to be more about mythology and UFO mythologies and where these come from. But Hynek said that uh, there was this attitude among scientists and many in the Air Force when he joined that the whole thing was ridiculous. So every case has to be ridiculous. Every case, there's no doubt it has a mundane explanation. So that's what we need to explain. And he said he even pushed that himself. And he felt bad about that later on, that he was of that same mindset, that there's nothing to this. So we're going to show there's nothing to this. And as time went on, he was obviously surprised that, wow, there is something to this. And then he had to try to fight that attitude. Yeah, it's this attitude that, of course, there's nothing to any of this. Are you kidding? And so they fight this attitude, which is illogical, unscientific. And that's what's great about I think scientists like Avi Loeb and some of these others who are finally stepping up and saying, hey, guys, we uh, have no reason to disparage these ideas. We have no evidence to say it's not this or that. Uh, there's no reason we shouldn't be hypothesizing here or there and testing these hypotheses to see if it's the case. Well, last week we had uh, Kevin Randall on and he did an interview with uh, Paul Heineck. J. Allen Hynek's son, and about the show that you were just talking about. And he, his view is that uh, his dad would have loved the show. He probably would have got a bowl of popcorn and sat down and, and just, uh, you know, really got into it and found it entertaining. And uh, when you were writing here on Den of Geek, though, you were saying it's fun fiction, but it would be great to see something more accurate, even if it's more boring. And so, uh, you know, there, there's kind of the two sides of the coin, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, for instance, National Geographic has kind of finally returned from this crazy world of pseudo reality television where they tell us it's reality, but lots of it is actually scripted. And National Geographic has returned to kind of the more, you know, traditional science based stuff. And I love it. And maybe some people think it's boring, but like, Blue Planet has done very well. So I think there's an audience for that uh, who really want to learn it. And I love historical fiction. I've interviewed Paul Hynek a couple times also. And uh, it's kind of interesting. In fact, I quoted him in my last one because of all this stuff about this Russian espionage stuff they're bringing into the show related to his mother, who none of that actually happened. And I was like, well, what about this? Does this rub you wrong at all? And he's like, no. I've got to take it with a grain of salt that it is fiction. Would you explain briefly, though, where is Mimi Hynek being brought in in connection with something related to Russia? So Mimi Hynek actually really didn't have anything to do with Alan J, her husband's research into UFOs. But in the program, they kind of built her into this beautiful housewife who is just kind of getting pulled into this in that the Russians are watching. She's got this friend uh, she's become close with, who we found out is a Russian spy who is trying to find information. And it seems like she's getting freaked out because she's starting to figure out, holy crud, what are the Americans looking into? Is this aliens or something? And then there's also this weird kind of men in black thing where she's kind of being harassed by other people. These are disgruntled or at least witnesses to UFO encounters like who have gone kind of crazy, who are also harassing her. 
So you've got all these people harassing uh, this poor Mimi, and that's what that's kind of about. And uh, luckily, in real life, she was not harassed like that. At least, uh, Paul says, not to his knowledge. I was thinking here as you were talking, they're mixing elements of the TV series The Americans Mm. about Russian spies pretending to be the normal American couple with two kids Mm -hmm. and the X-Files with the men in black and everything and combining all these elements into this show. They are, although they are more accurate, at least to kind of the mythology out there. I've interviewed the creator and show writer, and he is a student of ufology uh, and the mythologies around it. Well, for me, that just makes it more fun. You know, I think so too, in a way, because, at they actually, I could see, especially if you're not, in, you don't know about these mythologies out there, how you would be like, where the heck is this coming from? But if you are aware of them, they're kind of expertly and even intelligently integrating these mythologies inside of this and introducing a lot of interesting ideas to the audience. So I kind of like that in a way myself. So like you said, I feel torn in a way. I'm really liking the show. It's fun. Uh, in another way, it would have been great to see something more historically accurate. Like I said, even if it would have been more boring. Yeah, I think I know exactly how you feel. Uh, you know, there's, it's definitely a double-edged sword, that one. Uh, but, uh, and to tell you the truth, I haven't even seen an episode yet, and I'm just wishing I, I mm. could. I'm not sure how I can get it here without having to pay for it. Where but, are you? I'm in Canada and I'm on a really limited budget personally, but. Oh yeah. They, I guess they, I don't know if they've got in Canada. They're showing at least for the U S you can watch the episodes for free on the history channel website. Um, the, at least the, I think you can see the late, the episodes, not the current week one, but the rest of them. But I've heard that at least like in the UK, when I send people to that website, they can't look, but sci-fi channel, did just pick up the show uh, for the UK. So hopefully, um, you know, maybe they'll pick it up for Canada or, or elsewhere as well. No, it's just a matter of time before it, you know, they'll probably release it on some discs and I can pick it up at the library. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, so that's kind of the level of entertainment that I'm at. Here in the U.S., the History Channel makes the shows available freely with commercials like the CW. But a lot of the networks, the broadcast networks and the cable, they require you to first log in with your cable or satellite provider's username and password before they let you see it. So when you have... This is exactly the problem I had, and I don't have TV cable. And you see, here's part of the problem here is it's stupid because if they're showing the program with ads... We think, in theory, they're still making money by giving exposure to the advertising. But, you know, that's the individual network decision. But you see, the CW, which has all the superhero shows in the U.S., they're owned by CBS and they're owned by Warner Brothers because you have the DC characters. It doesn't make sense, whereas CBS, if you want to see the CBS shows, you've got to subscribe to CBS All Access to see the new Star Trek Discovery and everything, or if you want to see the other stuff on the regular network, you've got to subscribe unless you're on a cable provider's network. Right. right. And, 
I think even Netflix is the prices. I was just reading that it's one of the single largest price hikes in tech history. The cost for watching Netflix. So I mean, even that, and they they don't have it yet. They might have it in a year or two, sort of when it goes out, out onto. Uh, there seems to be this trickle down process. You probably know more about it than I do, Gene and Alejandro. But it seems like a show will start out kind of at the top of the ratings list, and as it gets enough exposure and it's been seen a few times, they'll put the reruns uh, out on Netflix. Like they've got some of the old Star Trek. Sure. Right. But they won't do it with stuff from CBS, I think, anymore. Disney is pulling their content because Disney wants to have its own streaming service. We discussed this quite a bit on the Tech Night Out Live, my technology show. We'll have more on this and other things. We never know what's going to happen. Gene, Randall, Alejandro. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, 
you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Alejandro Rojas joining us. We're talking about the Project Blue Book TV show from the History Channel, produced by Robert Zemeckis of course, of Back to the Future and Forrest Gump fame. And we mentioned Netflix, and I pointed out here that Netflix is losing Disney content, which is Marvel, by the way, okay? Anything Marvel, anything Lucas, Star Wars, they're losing that. They canceled some of the Marvel superhero shows already, Daredevil, Luke Cage, okay? And Iron Fist, gone. And they had the biggest price increase in the history of the network. So right now, the cheapest basic non-HD plan for Netflix is $8.99. You want to get HD? It's $12.99. If you want to have 4K, the higher resolution feature that's now available in a lot of TV sets, you get $15.99 a month four simultaneous 4K streams, if you have the bandwidth for that. So I don't know if they're just raking it in, or you'll see people leave Netflix and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to see some of the shows I like. Forget about it. The TV wars, the online world. I did want to go back to something I think is interesting, uh, is how Hynek would react to all of this. You know, I Paul Hynek said that his dad really liked Close Encounters. However, Don Schmidt says Heineck, at least his first reaction was that he didn't like it. And at first I was like, you're kidding. I love Close Encounters. And then I saw his perspective. And I think he might have the same kind of reaction, at least at first to Project Blue Book. He was very frustrated that it was fiction, that it wasn't representing exactly the different UFO cases that Heineck had you know, given Spielberg. Uh, Instead, it was kind of encapsulating the feel like, for instance, you know, the beginning where they're in the control tower and they're tracking these UFOs on radar and the pilots are seeing it. We've had stories recently of this same exact thing. And it feels like you're there when something is happening. But that incident in particular didn't happen like in the movie. 
But incidents that practically exactly like it have happened many, 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 many times in the Blue Book files and, and elsewhere. Probably one of the best scenes in the whole that in the mm-hmm. whole movie, actually, because it was very realistic. It really brought you in to the to the environment that where this is these types of things are happening. I wanted to mention something here about Heineck's participation in Close Encounters. So Mark O'Connell wrote The Close Encounters Man, and he mentioned the fact that when Steven Spielberg was developing Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and there was information about it in the trades, they didn't reach out to Dr. Heineck at all. He, in turn, contacted them and said, can I help in some way? So I guess they did work with him in terms of technical support. They gave him a bone there, that little cameo that's so famous towards the end of the film, for which he got $3,500. For a film that in 1978 or whatever grossed $300 million. But again, if he hadn't reached out to them, they would have done nothing. Yeah. And, and yeah. maybe that's a reason for him not to be so favorably disposed. According to Don Schmidt, they also promised to throw a few bucks to Kit Kufos, the Center for UFO Studies at Heineck had started, and that never happened. So Don, to this day, if you hear him talk about it, is very upset about that whole thing. So it is unfortunate. What I found interesting is watching the show, The Shapes of the UFOs, I had assumed that those were taken from different cases. But uh, a few years back, I was able to interview Doug Trumbull. Uh, We have that interview uh, at the Open Minds TV YouTube. And I asked him about it, and he said no. He said, I didn't even know Heineck. He's a huge UFO book, Doug Trummel. He works with Mark D'Antonio, the photo and video expert for MUFON. And they work on UFO projects and and also on TV commercials and stuff like that together. So he's a huge UFO buff. He would have loved to have met Heineck, but he didn't even know Heineck was associated with the movie. And Doug Trumbull was a special effects guy who created all the UFOs in the movie. And if you notice, he, you know, they look like toys. And, and that's mostly what he did. We took toys and put lights on him uh, to create the UFOs because he wanted weird, different shapes, which he did a great job with. But he was his own student of the topic, pretty much. But yeah, he never got, he never worked with Heineck, at least in designing the look. Kind of shocking. Well, that's, yeah, I guess in a way, I mean, it's in, in another way, it's not really all that surprising, Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, what, what it, what was surprising for me to find out, uh, like a, as Gene points out, is that he wasn't Heineck initially consulted. And when you look at his book, well, of course, Heineck wrote the UFO experience that that should be required reading along with the report on unidentified flying objects by Rupelt for anyone. Mm-hmm. who's interested in ufology because right on the cover it's it says the ufo experience close encounters of the first kind the second kind the third kind in broad colored stripes this was this was the primary focus of his book and it's where the term close encounters came from in the first place mm-hmm. so they had to have been inspired by that oh yeah i mean there are videos from uh, I do a talk on Spielberg and UFOs, and there are videos out there, even with the the recent anniversary box set from just a few years ago, 
where not only Spielberg, but also the crew are talking about Heineck. So they got to meet Heineck. And really, Spielberg kind of borrows this term from Heineck, where it's not science fiction, it's kind of science speculation uh, sort of thing. Um, but it, I know Spielberg wrote that script very quickly. He had come up with something and wrote it pretty much on a weekend. And I uh, came forward and, uh, you know, and he got funding for it and everything. And this was right after Jaws. So he was like a hit, you know, he was he was the it guy. And then he came followed up with another hit, of course. And he's he's the hit maker. He continued on doing this. But he is his entire life. He's even called himself a ufologist. He is really into the topic of UFOs. So it's very likely he read the book. Um, before he started on the movie and uh, probably other books as well. I, I would guess Rupelt, but he's always been really, really into UFOs. In fact, many of his movies after Close Encounters were inspired by UFO cases. One in particular, which you all probably are aware of, the Kelly Hopkinsville case, in which in the 50s, and this is kind of the, the case that made the term Little Green Men are uh, really popular and permanently attached to UFO encounters. And fortunately, uh, this family, and I guess I'll tell the story if that's all right. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So this family in Kentucky, in the middle of the night, they... Uh, Do the story in our next segment. We okay. have a story from Alejandro Rojas. But before he does that story, we have to break. There's no other way. Alejandro, Gene. And Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam tells top staffers he won't resign after a racist photo surfaced from his med school yearbook page. Richmond resident Darnell Carruthers. I don't believe in my heart that he is racist. Meanwhile, a second woman accuses Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax of sexual assault when they both were students at Duke University. Fairfax, in a statement, calls the accusation demonstrably false. He says, I have never forced myself on anyone ever. The city of Milwaukee has held a vigil for 35-year-old officer Matthew Ritter. 
He was shot and killed on Wednesday while serving a search warrant. City Alderman Tony Zelensky says Ritter was a hero. He did two tours of duty in Iraq. He comes back here and fights for our safety right in our own neighborhoods. You're listening to USA Radio News. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. It's been perfect for me for the last couple of years. I just did it for health. I'm not uh, one of these people that have some kind of, you know, issue or anything. I'm in good health and happy and uh, can't complain. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's an easy-to-follow system. Uh, you know, just uh, take the uh, fruits with breakfast and the veggies with lunch, and uh, away I go. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy to do. It's much, much better than uh, the old vitamins that I used to take. It does everything I need to do. I've stayed healthy. I haven't had a cold in two years, so I'm I'm doing good. (laughs) Use discount code USA for 35% off your first preferred set of fruits and veggies with free shipping. This offer is going to end between now and February, so act fast. Call 800-246-8751 or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Hey everyone, ProactiveMD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. ProactiveMD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece ProactiveMD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We sure love telling people we'll get back with the story after the cliffhanger, like they do it on a TV series, you know. Suddenly the hero is in jeopardy. But Alejandro, you're not in Jeopardy, except for the game Jeopardy. However, the Suttons, and I forget the name of the other family that was with these people in the the middle of nowhere in Kentucky, they were in Jeopardy. And uh, they experienced a horrifying evening, an evening so horrifying and strange that Steven Spielberg based several movies off of this incident. So this this family was very well known for uh, I think her name was Geraldine, kind of that the matriarch of the family, grandma, and she wouldn't let anybody any of the adults drink when they were around kids. And they had some friends, uh, a family in town, and they're all staying in the, essentially this shack near Kellyville or Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Well, they're having a good old time talking and and hanging out with each other. And Billy Ray goes outside to fill up a bucket with water. Well, he says he saw this elliptical-shaped object glowing 
flying in the air and then landing behind this goalie out in the back. He, he didn't see it, you know, land. He just saw it heading towards that way. Well, he comes into the house and he tells everybody, guys, I just saw this uh, UFO landing back there. And they're like, yeah, right. Uh, they didn't believe him. So they go on with the evening. And soon after, they see outside this weird creature with big ears, uh, only a few feet tall, long arms and glowing eyes. Well, just like anybody would do out in the backwoods of Kentucky, if they saw a stranger on their land, especially one so strange looking, they decided to open fire and they start shooting at it. Well, more of these things come. They said it looked like they had silver outfits uh, when they would shoot them. They said it didn't seem to have an effect. Uh, at one point, they thought they sh killed one. So they go outside and one of them is on the roof and grabs uh, one of the guy's hats. So they have this this shootout essentially with these things. They explained, you know, kind of a metallic s sound when they hit them. Uh, one of them that they shot out of a tree that fell like a leaf to the ground, but they couldn't kill any of them. They So in the middle of the night, when there was a bit of a reprieve, they jumped into their car and they went to the police station. The police at first, of course, thought they were ridiculous, but they believed them because they were a credible family. They knew this family and they, they were all genuinely scared. So the police go back with them to the, their home. Uh, when they get there, there's nothing around. They, of course, see the evidence of all the gunshots, the shells, the bullet holes in the screen and, and in the walls and the windows. And so they knew something happened. But the family finally calmed down because the police were there and everything was fine. The police left. Well, uh, allegedly, after the police left, the critters came back. And this whole thing started up until daylight. And then at daylight, these things disappeared and weren't seen again. Uh, there were people from the Air Force who came and researched. Uh, I think there's even a blue book file on it. But essentially, the Air Force said it was probably a circus monkey nearby that got loose. Yeah, mm -hmm. I saw that. Yeah, they were. And they were, of course, dressed in their circus uh, outfits with their little silver jackets and so on. Right. And stuff, but you know what's really funny is you just you, know, you use the word critters there, and it just reminds me of that movie. You know, that, I think it was from in nineteen eighty six or seven. Oh yeah, you know, like these little alien critters scurrying around, people shooting at them and stuff. Well, what had happened was actually Heineck did go out to investigate this one, and he said that the circus monkey thing was ridiculous. He did not buy that at all, actually. Uh, mainly because of what these people described also. And they were all taken separately to describe the creatures. And they described these small creatures with uh, that were very muscular in the chest, had these long arms with claws, these big ears. And they looked exactly like gremlins. So gremlins was one of the stories inspired uh, by this movie. So this movie... There was essentially everybody's pushing, you know, Steve, you got to do Close Encounters 2. So uh, he was working on something called Close Encounters 2, which was also called something like, like Nocturnal Mares or something like that. I forget all the names. He had several working titles for this movie, but he was going to make this Close Encounters 2. These uh, evil aliens that are attacking this family, uh, essentially the Kelly Hopkinsville story. Well, he goes to the, he's, talking, he's on the set of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, at the time, Harrison Ford's girlfriend was a writer. 
And so he, she reads his script and she says, no, this is, you don't want to go evil mean. You need to have it nice and sweet, a nice, cute little sweet alien. And so that uh, he went back to uh, the production company and said, I'm changing everything. Instead, I'm going to do this E.T. movie with this cute little alien that everybody loves. Well, the production, if you know much about uh, the movie E.T., they they did not think it was a cute alien. And really, you know, you can see it. If someone said, look, here's an alien, you would think that thing's freaky. It's going to scare the hell out of kids. Well, Spielberg said, I don't think so. Uh, They went forward and Spielberg turned out to be right. Of course, that was a huge hit. He also melded into that movie. He was doing a movie about young men who grow up with a single mother. And you'll remember in the movie, you know, it was kind of a coming of age of Elliot who was growing up with a single mom. He put those movies together. Then the next movies that were inspired were, of course, Gremlins. There's a scene where they're walking by the movie theater in Gremlins. And you see on the billboard, A Boy's Life, which was going to be the movie uh, about the uh, young man who is a, has a single mother. And also the t- working title he had for Close Encounters 2, which I forgot right now, Nocturnal something rather. So uh, it was kind of an homage to that. But the other movie that was inspired by Kelly Hopkins bill that Spielberg did was Poltergeist, where it's his family. Essentially, it's a story. It's his family getting attacked by a supernatural force. In this case, it's poltergeist as opposed to aliens because he had already done the aliens thing. So all of these movies were heavily inspired by this Kelly Hopkinsville case. Very interesting. Well, I mean, ufology is hugely cultural in terms of mm-hmm. its content. I'd say probably you know, the largest portion of it is cultural. And so we have a lot of fiction and docufiction uh, what do you think of Stryber's material? I, you know, personally, I tend to think, you know, my view is that it is really docufiction. You know, it's really funny that you say that because I was always curious. You know, I always scratched my head about Whitley. Uh, and then I got to meet him and have dinner with him. And I got I was like, aha, I get it. Because with Whitley, it's never this happened or that happened. It's like, I don't know. It's maybe this. It's maybe that. He lives in this world where nothing's for sure. Nothing's solid. Everything is constantly changing and moving. And, and this could be the case or that could be the case. And of course, he's a fiction writer. And he's a brilliant one. I mean, he's, he's an extremely successful fiction writer. And so you see into like the mind of, of this fiction writer where there is no such thing as kind of a stable ground reality like many of the rest of us live in. So I would agree with you. You know, his is a world of possibilities instead of a world of certainties. And uh, I think that's what you have to uh, keep in mind when you're listening or, or, or dealing with Whitley and, and his work. We've had him on the show once after making arrangements to have him on and then having him cancel. But I don't know why we have him on again. I mean, he was interesting in all. I've seen him lecture. He lectured in New York, oh, in the 90s, I think, before we moved out to Arizona. And I remember this one, which I'm going to talk about in the next segment before we proceed with Whitley Strieber. So he comes there and he gives his presentation. And he didn't seem too personable when you wanted to talk to him after his lecture. Forget about that. Maybe he's a big star. You know, don't touch me. I'm a star. I don't know. So we've got 
J. Randall Murphy, Alejandro Rojas, and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... 
Take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management Hotline now. 800-503-8625. So I mentioned this very brief encounter with Whitley Strieber, 1990s, early 90s, late 80s. This is an organization where Tim Beckley and John Keel were involved. I guess the Fortean Society in New York. And one of the things that Strieber said, now I believe it was the late 80s, was that after he reported this, the IRS went after him with a vengeance. Now, people with higher incomes tend to be singled out more often. He felt his interest in UFOs was responsible. Not long thereafter, I get a letter from the IRS about an audit. (laughs) Weird. That is really weird. But yeah, in my experience, he was pretty humble when uh, we had him at the UFO Congress one year. And he kept saying, nobody's going to want to see me. And he, he was like, all right, I'll come, but I don't think anybody's interested in what I have to say. He kept saying that, and then he shows up even before his talk, and he's like, nobody wants to see me. I I, I hope that you have a few people out there, though. And uh, he's like apologizing. I'm like, Whitley, the room is packed. Oh, so many people came just to see you. I even pulled across the curtain and said, look at all those people. He's like, wow, there are a lot of people out there. So he did his talk, and they gave a standing ovation. Then he came down and he's like, wow, I didn't think anybody wanted to cared what I, I had to say. Um, so it was kind of interesting. It, it's again, it's this I, I got the sense that he really has no sense of kind of reality of really what how things are or what how people perceive things. He's just kind of in his own world. Yeah, but he, there's no denying that he's certainly uh, a part of the ufology culture. Um, yeah. And you know, going back to, you mentioned the movie Poltergeist, and this is something that, you know, I've asked other guests, and I just wanted to get your take on this, Alejandro. It seems that other aspects of the paranormal have a number of things in common with the UFO phenomena. So, we're things like the ability to seemingly vanish into thin air, or invisibility, shape-shifting, strange lights, and sometimes they're even associated with each other, like in conjunction with other types of phenomena like hauntings or UFOs. Uh, we had another guest on that we were talking about this with and mentioned the uh, Oz factor, you know, Jenny Randall's, like a, that odd state of consciousness involving changes to the, a person's perception of time and space. And almost all paranormal phenomena seem to have these things in common with the UFO phenomena. And I 
can't help but feel that because of all of those connections, that there really is more of a connection between the UFO phenomena and all of these things is so much so that I would, one of my theories or pet theories is that, well, maybe they are connected because the UFOs are actually in on it. Because what we have is a kind of technology that can enable these things to take place in a variety of ways. What do you think of that idea? I think that that idea is very interesting. I used to write about other aspects about of, of paranormal, and I'm still interested, but, you know, UFOs have taken up so much of, of what I do. But, you know, even the, the equipment you use, like EMF and, and Flare and all these other things are, are the same. And I agree with you. And I think what's interesting and what I've been discovering, and this kind of ties in the beginning of our conversation with scientists, scientists are very open to these ideas, uh, or at least some, more so than I think we realize. For instance, one thing that people forget when we talk about Lou Elizondo and this DOD project is that that $22 million that the New York Times said was uh, allocated to this program was allocated to investigate the Skinwalker Ranch. And not many people realize that because it's really only George Knapp who's shared that. Very little people have really picked up on this. And there was even a letter that George Knapp released from one of the uh, Bigelow contractors, essentially one of the managers who was in charge of doing this investigation with this $22 million, who said what we were looking into was not just UFOs, but poltergeist activity, cryptozoology, portals, and time-space manipulation. I mean, this paper written by this person is mind-boggling. It, it's even difficult to understand. It's so really rich and, and scientific, but with all of this weirdness. Um, similar to these documents that have come out recently that talk about what Elizondo's group was working with and you know their papers on wormholes and Drake's equation and all of this time-space type of stuff. So a lot of the scientists, although they don't talk a lot about it in public, they feel that way. They feel that there is some sort of wormhole, time-space type of phenomena that really links all of this together. That, uh, you know, uh, there's even talking some of this group around maybe Bigfoot coming through these portals or that that is how UFOs go between uh, travel through spaces, and it is more multidimensional. But this very technical sort of idea, and what's interesting is that scientists are kind of adopting, they feel even maybe because science is, is moved toward, towards this idea that multiple dimensions is, is something that's possible, they seem more comfortable with this idea that it's kind of this interface with other dimensions that we are seeing and calling paranormal. And so I think you're right. I think that there is a, a tie-in and that science is moving in that direction as well. What's your favorite theory? Now, we asked Kevin Randall this, and his was time travel. But, uh, you know, even, even if it's far out and it might seem like, well, not necessarily scientifically plausible, but, but just the one that you like the most, the one that you'd like to be true, what, what is it? I don't know that there's one I would like to be true uh, in a way, and I'll get into that. Um, first, I've got to say I'm a huge fan of Kevin Randall. I think he's one of the best out there. And uh, he brings up a good point with time travel because we can't say 
it isn't time travel and it's not a theory that is as popular out there, but it has just as much, you know, potential as any out there. So I think that that is a theory that is important, that it needs to be on the table. One thing I'd like to ask people is, do you think one day we'll travel in time? And if they say yes, then I say, well, then that's akin to saying that you believe there are people from the future here right now. Right? Because in the future, if they could do it, why wouldn't they be visiting us right now? So um, I think in that perspective, it really mean it really kind of, wow, I mean, this is more possible than, than maybe we thought. But uh, that is one. I like this idea. Uh, I, I'm kind of evolving along with others in that the, there's multiple dimensions. And uh, I don't know if you've had Robert Schroeder on. He's this uh, talks about kind of the physics of how that may be happening in disappearances, uh, you know, yes, like the yes, Valentich case. Yeah, we've had Schroeder on. Yeah, so like these, it's kind of scary, but like these natural wormholes that uh, when things are aligned just right, you know, weather phenomena, like, you know, an electrical storm, that perhaps then it creates kind of this wormhole effect where people can fall into another dimension or something like that. I like this idea that maybe there are, uh, you know, where the border between these different dimensions becomes, you know, where natural occurrences can happen like that, which is kind of scary. And I don't even completely, I can't comprehend the whole dimensions thing and how it works personally, because it's very complicated. But I think that may be part of it. Um, however, what I would like, uh, I'm a huge Star Trek sci-fi geek. So, I mean, really, one of the biggest thing that, things that compels me in this field is to... I want to be on the Enterprise. I want to be, take a ride on a spaceship. And they've got to be out there. There's got to be this technology where you can cruise around, you know, these galaxies, like the beginning of Orville or the beginning of any Star Trek episode uh, in the credits, you know. That is my dream, is to be allowed to take a ride like that. And uh, that, as far as wishes may go, is what I wish it would be possible. That's I'll give real. you my wishes in our next segment, by the way. No, I'm going to do it right now. No cliffhanger. I would prefer a Stargate. And the reason is mm. I don't want to wait. I want to just enter the portal and maybe I'll be disintegrated in the wormhole, but <laughs> I won't know it. So it won't make a difference. And then end up somewhere else. Okay. 30 seconds later, I am in another star system in another galaxy. That's really a very efficient way. I don't recall on the Stargate SG-1 show and the other spinoffs if people got caught in the Stargate all that often. But with the spaceship, anything could happen. Mm -hmm. If you're, maybe there's a problem with the warp drive and the dilithium crystals. No, I don't want to get into that. Do you? Alejandro Rojas, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy 
We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. When it comes to also to time travel, go back to that. The paradox here of going back through time, and we see this all the time on the Legends of Tomorrow TV show on the CW, where they go back in time on this wave rider to correct anomalies in time. And almost always they create a few others. The time cop, the original time cop movie where he finally came back to his own time, but things were a little bit better. I don't think time travel is possible the way that it's portrayed in science fiction. It just, it just doesn't work out, but it could be sort of possible if you consider that, at the point where someone actually breaks the timeline, another branch of a universe starts to grow up from there. And so essentially you have a duplicate universe where everything is new is new is happening from that point forward. Well, if from the point of view of somebody going into that universe, yes, you know, that could be perceived as that they've gone back in time. But meanwhile, the original universe just carries on like normal. So in the in this branch universe, you could go back and meet your grandparents and all that wouldn't be a big problem. But I think Kevin Randall, actually, he believed that the extraterrestrial hypothesis is the most reasonable. He just liked the time travel thing because mm. he, he found it very entertaining. And I'm kind of somewhere in between Gene, where you like the whole Stargate thing. And that kind of implies that maybe there is 
an entire other universe out there. Although I think in Stargate, they still rely on wormhole theory, that sort of thing. But I guess maybe it might even be closer to Battlestar Galactica, where they can just dial in a coordinate and then somehow their craft is taken from one coordinate to another coordinate through some means that isn't really clear. But the only thing that really makes sense is that maybe, and I think there's a shout out to Greg Bishop, uh, likes the matrix theory that there are not just other dimensions, but other entire universes and that we exist within another larger one. And somehow we're able to access the operating system that's running this one and just move ourselves around like cut and paste. And the idea that with that there's different phases of current reality. And so it's infinite, infinite various potentials of what's going on right now, which is another really weird one. Yeah, like, um, uh, Red Pill Junkie, uh, shout out to him. He's very into this whole idea that, you know, our reality may be just one of many. Right. I'm a big fan of both of those people, Great Big Ship and Red Pill Junkie, by the way. So always good to shout out to those two fellas. Great thinkers. But something you mentioned earlier about getting caught on the other side reminds me of a Doctor Who episode. And it was a Matt Smith one where he ended losing the TARDIS somehow. And he spent like an entire lifetime in this town where he grew up and he was kind of like, you know, the mad scientist of the town. And I think it was one of the Christmas specials, actually. Yeah. So I, I but you know what? I love the idea. The Stargate, I remember at least a couple of times they got stuck, but I don't think for too long. But I don't know. I'm not much of a car guy. That's what's funny. I'm not a car guy, but I'm a spaceship guy, even though they don't even really exist. So I still would like to race around and check things out from a spaceship. You know, one of my favorite movies that way is Prometheus. When they're flying in to this planet and they're seeing these giant pyramids that are from some extraterrestrial civilization as they're coming down and they have this amazing view. I mean, right there. That's what I want. Oh, yeah, that, that's pretty cool for sure. And then, oh, of course, there's Independence Day, right? I think where, isn't it Will Smith? He finally gets to pilot one of them. Yeah. And he says, I got to get me one of these. Yeah. You know, we're talking about craft that seem to be able to go from zero to tens of thousands of miles per hour in the snap of your fingers and make right hand turns if necessary. Like if these things don't follow aerodynamic principles, they're operating on something other than some sort of internal combustion or combustion technology. Mm -hmm. My last podcast, which is going to air, actually, my, I did the interview, so this is going to air early next week, is uh, with Rich Hoffman. He is one of the founders of the Scientific Coalition for Ufology. And this is a group that got together at first to research this Aguadilla UFO case, this FLIR case from Homeland Security. But uh, their website is explorescu.org. But they're about to release their paper on the Nimitz case. And one of the things, uh, as an example, for some of the science that you can do, even with some anecdotal information, especially from credible sources, and especially with radar data that backs it up, is that TikTok object they saw in the Nimitz going from uh, the altitude that they described to near ground level in seven, seven seconds 
he makes a great point is the physics behind that, the power and the energy it would take to stop an object that is going that fast very quickly. I drew the parallel to Elon Musk because, of course, he's got in SpaceX his rockets that land. But of course, they drop back from space and they land, but they're using a ton of fuel. You know, it's a rocket where you see this giant rocket flame coming under it because it has to push itself up just so it doesn't slam into the ground. Or in this case, they're robotic platforms that catch these things. So, but you don't see that in the tech tech. In fact, you don't see any mode of, of propulsion at all. So the physics behind what is observed in these things is something to that's interesting to explore because you can at least outline, here's the t- sorts of energy. Uh, this is what it would take. Here's the sort of G-forces that would be involved. So either these things are remote controlled and robotic or somehow they're able to dampen these re- g-forces inside of this craft or if there's something in there but something especially technical that you can consider because are we capable of something like that we're certainly not capable of a propulsion that can move like that with uh, no apparent signs uh, of how it's propelling itself yeah not unless you believe some of the sort of fringe ufology uh, is what i would call it which actually brings up another point you know we've had uh, guests on that talk a lot about abductions and being taken aboard ships and in one case taken aboard ships to actually meet with other people who've also been taken aboard ships and actually have some sort of a conference where they're talking about what's going on. So the the whole contactee thing. And I, I made the comment that, well, that's sort of, you know, for me, fringe ufology. And that was, uh, they were taken kind of aback with that thinking that, well, no, abductions are pretty much almost mainstream now. You know, where does, in your mind, Alejandro, fringe ufology begin and, for lack of a better term, say, serious academic ufology end? That is a great question because, and it is really kind of a perception thing. Uh, and I think really, it, in a way, it's all almost all fringe. Um, but we're starting to move that line to where I think in the mainstream, just barely right now, the good cases like the Nimitz case are not so much fringe. That's borderline fringe. So, and that's how I like to look at it, what the general public, what the general population is seeing and, you know, to try to move that fringe needle and, and just that they're starting to, uh, accept you know, like this Nimitz case is, is enough because at least it's moving in a way uh, where the something in this arena is is not fringe or less fringe. Uh, as far as me or other researchers who look at the, the more substantial stuff, I would say, yeah, that communicating with aliens, uh, interacting with them is fringe. But that's not to say in my mind that it's not possible. I, I think it's entirely possible. and. I make the argument uh, often that I think that abduction is an area that shouldn't be necessarily framed. There are hundreds of thousands, I believe, people who be- who believe they've had an experience. Let's brew our break here. Break time. That's not the brakes on your car. Alejandro, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> yeah. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way dot com. Imagine doing business with a company that seeks to add massive value before asking for your business. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the co-owner of Advantage Gold and the author of the now national best-selling book, Gold is a Better Way. This book may not be for you, but if you're like most people, you'll be blown away when you learn why gold is set to soar to over $10,000. And as a bonus for hitting the bestsellers list, I've been gifted 250 copies from my publisher. If you have an IRA or 401k with over $100,000, I want to send you a copy of the national best-selling book. You can buy it on Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble or be among the first 250 people to reply. Just text the word bestseller to 49776. That's bestseller to 49776 to claim your free national best-selling book now. That's the word bestseller to 49776. We promise to add massive value before ever asking for your business. Just text the word bestseller to 49776. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. It's abduction time on the Paracast. Alejandro Rojas, go ahead, please. It's abduction hour. But when you have hundreds of thousands of people. And I don't think that's an exaggeration, at least from being in this field and hearing from so many people, you know, that that claim to have these sort of things that it should be paid attention to. The the field of psychology should be interested in and therapy. Why are these people doing this? Is it a manifestation in people's minds that is a result of something else? In other words, is this just fantastical in people's minds? Certainly in some cases, I actually got a certificate in hypnotherapy to learn more about this. And what I learned is it's extremely easy for the mind to fantasize. In fact, I could put you guys, and remember, hypnosis is just a a state of relaxation, but I could put you in a state of relaxation, walk you through, of course, after maybe even a few suggestions before, walk you through a scenario where your mind comes up with this scenario of something that never happened, but feels very real. It happens all the time. That's what you do with therapy in hypnosis. Uh, You use it to uh, have people create these fantastical environments in their minds so that they're able to heal and uh, face different aspects of their lives better that way. So uh, there is that aspect. However, there are aspects where people, multiple people, I, I would say there's a couple of my favorite cases, Travis Walton's case or these Allagash 5 cases where several people, a group of people have an experience and they are interviewed separately and have the similar accounts. Those are more credible. Something weird happened with these people. Was it aliens like they think it was? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they really felt they had an experience. So I think there's something to it. I think it deserves credible research. I think it deserves serious attention. I'm not so sure uh, what we'll come up with. And I think we have to remember, too, a lot of people say, well, John Mack said it was real. But John Mack did not believe it to be a physical phenomenon. He believed it to be somehow perhaps there were third parties that would be able to interface with our consciousness. He didn't believe people were taking physically away somehow. So, Or, or uh, he didn't know for sure. I mean, he was open to the yeah, idea. Right, and he right. recognized one of the things I, re- I remember from his book is that he said that one of the common things is that there's these incredible energies that are involved in just about every case that he's talked to. There's this common feature that, that people experience a feeling even of uh, almost like being inside an energy field and the craft themselves tend to exhibit, you know, glowing lights and plasmas that Im- that imply a, a sort of a, a high energy of some kind. And that's, of course, a very physical thing. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I think you make a good point, though, and I think it's fair 
for you to say something like that is fringe. And I think we have to be self-aware and it's very important for people who are interested in these topics to be aware of the audience of who we're speaking to. Most people believe this stuff is very, very fringe. In fact, Bryce Sable, who's done some work in Hollywood, did a talk like this and in, in, at the Phoenix MUFON just a couple of months ago. And he's like, you know, you need to be careful of your audience. You can't walk up to anybody and tell them you're talking to aliens. If you do, they're not going to listen to another word or take anything else you have to say seriously. And it happens so much with people in the field. They're kind of blind to that. And they go up, yeah, I've been abducted. And, you know, you see the reaction of the other people. They just want to run. If you really want them to take you seriously, you know, take it easy. Ease into this. You got to realize you are talking about something that is considered very, very fringe to the vast majority of people out there. It is fringe and you can't deny that or feel offended by that. It's just a reality that you have to accept and work towards changing if you believe that it needs to change. But you're not going to change it if you deny that people see it as fringe. Yeah, you know, I have to agree that, yeah, from the point of view of the general population, ufology itself is fringe. If you're in ufology, then you've got sort of the hardcore cases and you've got the the study and the scientific attempts to catalog it like Hynek and Valet. And then you get into the abductions, which starts to move towards what I would call the fringe, but I think is well within the bounds of legitimate study but then you get into stuff like contactees so like you've got the myers and you and we have we had another guest i think it was wasn't it suzanne hansen jean who said she'd actually been taken aboard one of these large craft where she did a lecture on the craft before uh what was like an auditorium of people who had also been taken on board this craft and that's when I was saying, well, now I think we're getting out into fringe ufology there. When we start going to that level, you know, the, the secret space fleets and the, you know, bases on Mars and stuff like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. And um, there are, it gets really difficult. I, I know um, because people with, and, and a lot of them are very, well, credible. I think Susie Hansen, in a way, is very credible. She's a very intelligent person. And so, of course, with these incredible stories, so it's hard to um, digest for some, even myself, certainly. But, you know, I mean, and it, it's hard because I know how the mind can do these things to, it's so easy for the mind to come up with these ideas. So, like when we're talking about contactees, of course, it was a huge thing in the 50s. The whole contacting movement from the 50s is pretty much getting lost to obscurity. Very few people really know about that history anymore. And uh, it's not well documented practically anywhere. Some people know about giant rock and the deserts out there, Joshua Tree, but not many. And so it's getting lost. There used to be a lot of people. Uh, I think the best representation of this period of time was in Easy Rider. You know, with uh, and they're getting stoned with with Jack Nicholson, his character, and Jack Nicholson starts talking about UFOs and how the Space Brothers are here and they're coming to help and all this stuff. And he perfectly encapsulates kind of what they were all saying. But you know, I think it would be easy to say that that might have been just kind of a, a subconscious thing 
in everybody's mind at that period of time, you know, afraid of nukes, afraid of pollution and finally realizing we can't do whatever the heck we want to the oceans and, and, you know, and to the sky and that we're really having an effect and, and damaging and destroying our planet and that sort of fear. So was it a subconscious manifestation where people were feeling this way and thought that this third party was giving them this information, uh, you know, as opposed to actually some third party from above. Uh, and if there were these others that were coming here in the 50s to warn us, they were highly ineffective and they essentially completely wasted their time because it had zero effect on us. Uh, we sure did just steam ahead uh, and, and continue to. So um, I would, wouldn't think that if, a, if another civilization out there really came here on a campaign to help us evolve would fail so miserably. But um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Okay, basically, E.T. is feckless, ladies and gentlemen. I put it to you. Alejandro, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. As expected, Massachusetts Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren has launched her 2020 campaign. This is the fight of our lives. The fight to build an America where dreams are possible and America that works for everyone. She made it official in an announcement in her home state. She'll make stops in New Hampshire and Iowa over the weekend. There are calls for impeachment for Virginia's lieutenant governor. I believe these women. He needs to resign immediately. Should the lieutenant governor fail to do so, on Monday, I intend to introduce articles of impeachment. Patrick Hope, Democratic member of Virginia's House of Delegates. Two women have now come forward to accuse Justin Fairfax of sexual assault. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's no question you need Omega-3s. 
But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now, it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So having said that E.T. is feckless, does that make me vulnerable to a contact? Probably. (laughs) If, if, If it happens, it's like, okay, so what? Well, and that's the the scenario is that are they feckless? And that's that's the whole point is I think the people who are conveying this information, the people who are talking to their space brothers, don't believe that. I think that's where there's a disconnect. And and, uh, this term gets thrown around, and I think it's often very much misused, which is, you know, kind of, uh, oh, now I'm forgetting the term. It just is in my mind. You know, where you believe two things, and uh, but they're not congruent. They, they, they cannot exist in the same world. And it, it does something that causes neurosis in people. Cognitive but, you know, dissonance? Yes, cognitive dissonance. So if your space brother is so all-powerful and all-knowing, how can they be such a failure? Because they're saying, they're, oh, no, they're not feckless. Are you kidding? They're omnipotent. They can do anything, and uh, they're, they're here to help. Well, why have they failed so miserably? And most of these people have passed away without seeing any positive results from their alleged contact. I think that's why some people have said, well, maybe they were talking to aliens, but the aliens were fooling them and they're evil and uh, they're tricking us. Like David, uh, you know, there's researchers out there like that. The historian, Professor David. Dr. David Jacobs. Yeah, David Jacobs. And you know something? 
Uh, let me remind our listeners, last time we had Dr. Jacobs on the show, and he had a new book out. And also, it was months after his wife died. So, you know, we try to be a little gentle with him, though, with the latter part of the episode. We dug in on his techniques for hypnotic regression. And I have to tell you that it was one of the most controversial episodes we ever had. He was on the Paracast wow. before with Bud Hopkins and everything. No problem. This time, hundreds, thousands of messages screaming at him because somebody in New Zealand made complaints. I don't want to get into this. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I don't like to get into that either. But I will say, I have the utmost respect for David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins. I, I like them as people. But uh, knowing what I know and having I have a degree in psychology, a bachelor's. I have a certificate in hypnotherapy. One of the things that they would do is they would have someone fill out a questionnaire as to whether or not uh, to figure out whether or not they're an abductee. But by doing that, they are implanting thoughts in these people's minds. If you, They could even do a study where you regress people who you don't give this questionnaire to and then regress people who you do give the questionnaire to. And there's no doubt because there have been studies along these lines, even John Keel has done this sort of thing before, where it's so easy to suggest things to people. And then they, when you bring them into hypnosis, they have the experience you suggested. It's very easy to do. And without, I think, them understanding this, they tainted their own work by doing that. And unfortunately, it makes much of their data questionable. Yeah. Hopkins, Bud Hopkins, of course, another icon in, in the field, of course, uh, he would have a, a piece in the page in the back of his book he was saying, you know, if you feel that any of this might have happened to you, please get in touch with me. So even people that, that would come to him would already be pre-prepared because they feel after reading his book that something like that had happened to them and they'd already have this idea in their mind and then they'd be going to someone who specialized in that particular kind of research. And so it's already sort of biased right from the start. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there is some pretty weird stuff. I mean, missing time does seem to happen to people. And he was saying that, you know, there are things I don't put in my book key bits and pieces of experiences that he would keep aside and not publish so that he and other researchers could say, well, look, out of all of these people, sure, maybe they heard about the phenomena, they weren't sure, they came to see me, and he would be able to sift out, at least this was his claim, the people who were highly influenced by that type of bias or just trying to pull the wool over his eyes from the people who were genuine by having these key bits of information that he kept confidential. What do you think about that? The problem is, I guess it's twofold. On the one hand, I don't, I, I'm skeptical of that. On the other hand, I do think that um, some of the similarities and that he's received in, in some of this information is interesting. I think that he has some compelling information. At the same time, I think practically any of the people who do research in, in that arena have compelling information. And again, it kind of comes back to the contact is problem is they're all saying something different. So it's kind of like I find Susie Hansen compelling. I find David Jacobs compelling. 
I find Kathleen Martin, who does work uh, in this arena with MUFON. Of course, her aunt was Betty Hill, compelling. Uh, some of them believe that the aliens are all bad. Dave Jacobs, they're all evil. Some of them believe that they're all good, and they're mostly here helping us. Um, and they all have some compelling information and arguments and, and similarities with the people that they've regressed. Um, but this also is an indication of how the people that are coming to them are telling them something similar to their beliefs. Why is that? Uh, I think it would come back to what you said. They already know kind of what therapist is expecting of them, and that has an influence on the results. Here's sort of a question from one of our people on the forum, and uh, sort of a comment. Uh, combination question he says it's easy to understand why hypnagogia is perceived as being the cause of attacks of could be aliens uh, incubus succubus variety but there are important questions that need answering sleep paralysis is undeniable real real phenomena but there's no there's no doubt about that but is it a product of the internal intricacies of the mind the dream state and the subconscious or maybe not. Might it actually be provoked by an external supernatural force, one that can invade our dream states and manipulate them in- accordingly? Like, could that experience actually be induced from some outside force where we think it's all going on in our mind, but it's really not? I mean, that's entirely possible. Uh, we know uh, EMF, for example, strong EMF, uh, you know, waves have an effect on our brains and make us. Uh, kind of weird and everything. So that's something to consider. Although, uh, you know, uh, often when it comes to the brain, uh, it is chemical, uh, chemicals, um, our diets, uh, there's so many factors that, uh, and and typically, you know, especially if you were a scientist, you would think, well, just like the scientists with uh, Oumuamua, usually when we look into this sort of thing, it turns out to be this sort of thing. So that's why we think that's probably what it is. And right. there is, there's actually a word for that um, as well. Uh, another word I can't remember, which is, uh, and much of the way our brains work is we expect things to work the way they always work, because that's the way it typically does. And we had uh, some paranormal investigators on, actually, uh, on the show. This was, oh, oh, geez, a few months ago now. And, and but they had a case where there was a, a lady who ha- was experiencing these types of phenomena when she would wake up or go to sleep in her room and she would see these, what she was described as these huge insects, uh, kind of like uh, going through her room, like, like creatures, like almost like as big as people. But, and then they would just kind of vanish and disappear, and they were very frightening. And they went out and investigated and found out that somebody or some company had built a cell tower that was virtually right outside her place on the other side of her wall almost. And once they uh, were able to remove her from that particular situation, they moved out of it. These experiences went completely away, and they feel that that was actually a cause. We've got more to come. Final segment with Alejandro Rojas, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. 
Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, say the cell towers have all sorts of unusual effects. Now, there were stories, by the way, Randall, where people who live next to a radio broadcast tower would have the signal emanate from their teeth. Oh, right. I've heard of stuff like that. Yeah, the dental uh, filling acting like a, a transceiver type of thing or, trans, or a receiver. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of that also, where yeah, people have allegedly been able to hear radio signals. I had some pretty elaborate tooth wear when I wore braces when I was like uh, 14 years old, so I could buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that brings up the whole uh, issue of the Mandela effect. Uh, what do you think of that? What's going on with that? I don't know. I, I think it's people's memories being off. I haven't seen anything to me that is very compelling. Okay, do you remember Mandela dying in jail or just only him getting out? I remember, I think, because this happens a lot where there are misreports of people dying. Stanton Friedman was reportedly had passed away a few years ago, and luckily that didn't happen. I mean, that sort of thing happens, and then people, it gets out there, oh, no, you know, so-and-so died, and then you realize later that didn't happen. Yeah, I just, no, I don't remember. And, and not only that, maybe because I'm older, and that's why kids freak out a little more about this, is that I'm very aware that my memory is extremely fallible. Mm. Well, of course, yeah, that's what the skeptics will tell us. But then, again, we have to compare it to what? And when we really look into memory storage devices unless you've got something carved in stone human memory is actually pretty good like we can remember the house we grew up in i haven't been to my old house here in calgary in years but i could still remember the address and i could find my way there and i'm over 60 now you know i was born there moved out of the city and came back again i remember the address all kinds of things from like 50 years ago i work i work in tech I fix computers and I can't tell you how many hard drives and cards and memory chips I've had to replace, how many cameras have gone bad. And then you look at other types of recording devices. How many of them can really be relied on? We know there's camera artifacts. We know that there's memories that goes bad in cameras and even film itself can't be depended upon. So Mm -hmm. to be fair, the human mind is really pretty amazing. And it has even its own built-in sort of error correction. It's like, well, no, that can't be the case. Therefore, I must be remembering that wrong. You know what I'm saying? So I would argue the opposite. And here's why. Because I'm a big student when I was, I used to write the papers on this quite a bit because I'm so interested. It's memory, and false memories. And there has been a lot of study, especially recently, into false memories. And they've discovered that it's very easy, including in the people who are trained observers, to have and to induce false memories. For instance, 
and this is what I mean by a false memory, is one of the studies they did, and it was way worse than they thought it was going to be. They thought, okay, these guys are trained. These were these military special forces who are trained observers, and they had them do a day-long class. And then after the class, they interviewed them, and they used these in techniques to induce false memories. For instance, they would say, do you remember the instructor with the eyeglasses that showed you how to take apart and put together that uh, weapon? And they would say yes or no. If they said yes, they would say, do you remember the color of those glasses? And some of them would say, yep, I remember those were blue glasses. Uh, they were, you know, this type, blah, blah, blah. When the instructor didn't have glasses, it turned out that they didn't do very much better than the general population does in this, these sort of studies. The majority of them created a false memory where they were certain that instructor had glasses and they knew they envisioned in their mind this instructor with glasses on. They never saw that instructor with glasses on because he didn't right. have glasses you know, on. I've read a lot of that stuff too, and that's true. But what you're doing is leading a witness and setting them up. And when you look at virtually every one of those studies, you actually have to set them up in a, in here's, a controlled here's circumstance for it to happen. That's, but for, the point for it to just is, happen naturally is a whole other That's not the case. Because what their point is, is that we are so influenced by our environment that that is what causes these false memories. Like the best thing to do is write down something when something happens. And it's kind of funny because at the same time, if you write down what the instance of what occurred, as soon as you do that, you begin to forget everything more so than if you didn't do that. However, if you didn't do that, you're not going to have the points of what had happened. And this is mostly when it's related to law enforcement and stuff like that. Because once you even see a person that looks like the other person with glasses, your memory is going to change. There's so many environmental factors that it's not a setup that that's what they're trying to mirror is kind of, you know, what person's normal life would be like and how that affects their memory. Not and really. we're just influenced they're, they're, by so much. They're creating an actual situation and lying to the person. That's not a natural thing. That's somebody leading a witness. You, that, they would never get away with that in a court of law. Like that they would get away with that. That's the whole point is that if you did this in a court of law and this is where this sort of thing has happened and then that witness is Leading done. a witness with false information? I don't think so. Like the psychological studies that are set up to fool a person. In nature, that's not really what happens. Things but just we're happen. influenced by our environment. I would say go look up false memories. Well, I uh, have. We're finding out more and more there. We're, memories are, are very fallible. Well, of course, they, they aren't perfect. But then again, like I said, what are we comparing this to? Look at all of the defects that can go on with other types of memory that is out there. Like the assumption then is, well, human memory is so bad that the only thing that we can rely on is some sort of machine to tell us what happened. And I think that that's really not fair because machines are fallible too. And in most cases, they're more fallible than people are. They break down all the time. They produce false readings. They can actually create false memories of their own too in the way of artifacts and such. When we're looking at a situation and trying to determine what the truth is, and we have thousands of people who've had experiences, witnesses, firsthand visual observations, okay, maybe some of them aren't perfectly accurate, but I think it gets to be pretty difficult to make the claim that, well, nothing happened. There was no phenomena. It was all just in their mind or the bad memory. 
But let's take that scenario. And certainly I've done, I was a field investigator for MUFON for a period of time. I guess my point is, and, and I'm sure you've heard this if you haven't experienced it, it's rare when you have a group of people observe a, a sighting for the whole group or even two people in the group to explain what they saw the same. Usually there's very big differences in the way that they all describe what they observed, even though they observed the same thing. Uh, just when it was getting good. Well, thanks for coming on, Alejandro. <laughs> this is fabulous. Yes, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for having me back. Just hang in there, Alejandro. We'd like to know, for those who are interested, where we find more of your stuff. All right. I do have a blog, alejandrotrojas.com. That's probably the best place because I'm putting everything there, even stuff that is not UFO related. Otherwise, for the UFO stuff, you can go to openminds.tv. Definitely check out the ufocongress.com for all those cool products and things that I was talking about. We're going to have a great lineup at the next conference. And we also have a blog there where we've got a lot of news and information going on there. So ufocongress.com. Those are probably the three best places to check out. You can check us out on Twitter. It's undergoing modification, but look for at the Paracast. We have official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook, also undergoing renovation. For our other show, The Tech Night Owl Live, we have The Tech Night Owl Store with lots of technical accessories for Apple and Mac equipment at Tech Night Owl, three words, Tech Night Owl dot store. You can also get a version of this show free of the network ads if you sign up with the Paracast Plus. We also offer the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, which may be a continuation of the interview or something totally different. You never know what's going to happen next, but you can only get both if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com to get more information. Prices start at just $1.49 a week, our price. Cheap. Alejandro Rojas, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you, guys. It's been great. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.